Dear Asian Girl, For Asian Girls, By Asian Girls. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our final episode of season three. We are so excited.、Um, we have all four of the co hosts here, and our episode topic today is Asian Girls Make It 2021. We're basically going to be talking about us and our future career goals or anything in the future. And I don't really know what else we're going to be talking about、um, finding community and et cetera. So I think the first question that we have here is like, 2021, what does that mean to us and what, the, the, what does that like represent? Yeah, so honestly, 2020 was pretty shitty. So I don't know how 2021 is going to be. But if I'm, if I'm going to be like inspirational and like have a positive outlook on this, I think 2021 for me specifically is going to be, I want to say, a pretty big year because、um, I'm starting the college app process. So That's, yeah, no, that's going to be painful. But、um, I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of growth in that. And I know Jen and Melissa have already w e n t through that and are going through that. So、um, they kind of know they've been through a lot of growth with that. So I think that's probably the main thing、um, in terms of like Dear Asian Girl. I think there's a lot of exciting things that are going to happen. And,、um, but I don't know. Like, I think in terms of like just what I want to happen,、um, I think. From, from what I've learned in 2020, is that nothing is like permanent, if that makes sense. Like everything is genuinely temporary. So I'm trying to have a more relaxed and like flexible outlook on life because prior to COVID, the very beautiful thing that came into all, all of our lives,、um, I really had things set in stone. I had things planned and thought like something was going, a, was going to go in like a specific direction.、Um, and obviously that did not happen. So, I think、um, my outlook on 2021 is just going to be more, more open mindedness and knowing that there's a lot of possibilities and nothing is like permanent. So,、um, yeah, long answer and a really shitty answer. But,、um, yeah, Melissa, what about you? Yeah. So, like、um, Alina mentioned, Jen and I are. Going to college next year. So, I feel like 2021 is kind of daunting because it's. There's going to be a lot of changes in our lives.、Um, I know for me personally, like, I'm pretty scared of going to college and I have a lot of fears around, like, even just like small things like making friends in college. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. Like, I'm like, I can't imagine just going up to people and going, like, hey, so let's be friends. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just so many fears around college. But、um, I think, like Alina, Not to copy her answer or anything, but I also agree that, like, just feeling like、um, more flexible about everything and feeling like going with the flow, sort of, because、um, life is obviously taking a lot of like unexpected turns for everyone this year. I mean, last year, shoot, 2020.、Um, and I feel like just carrying that mentality into 2021. And like being adaptable to changes and just going with the flow. I'm just gonna piggyback off of the like Alina train, and like I totally re- relate with what you said about like how everything is temporary, everything is like up for grabs to be changed because like, you know, COVID came into our lives, and that was like, you know, the dictator of a lot of what our lives were like in 2020. And sort of because of that, I'm in a whole new continent, which I'm still like not able to wrap my head around. And 
I don't even know how long it's going to be for. And like, it's literally like just driving the point home that like everything's temporary, like you said. So honestly, I think like 2021 for me is like being able to like wrap my head around that and not be like daunted by it and just, you know, find a way to like accept that because like it's inevitable. So all that cheesy inspirational things. And yeah, like it's so funny because like every day I like wake up and most days I'll just wake up and be like, okay, so this is what your life is going to be like. But remember, things are temporary like so much is up for grabs and like you know nothing's like set in stone like it's literally like a little mantra I have in my head at this point so what he said was like really perfect yeah I don't really I feel like everyone's already encompassed what I was thinking when going into this but personally I think 2021 for me is sort of a season of transitions because it's my last year here and it's weird because this is the last time like I'll ever really be with my family in like a normal setting because like next year I'll probably be out and not really have much time for them sadly because of college potentially internships like meeting new people I just don't really know what to expect so these are like the last few months I really get to like spend my childhood life and that's so crazy to me because I don't I can't even picture leaving this room and I spend like 24 7 in this room so I can't even imagine going into a, a dorm and being with another person and talking to them and not having my own space so it's definitely a season of transitions where I think beginnings and new growth and for 2020 I think it's the same thing because we were so forced into the COVID situation where we were all isolated, that it was a new situation for everyone, the new normal, that's what they call it. So I think I'm just nervous for it all, but like, it's also extremely exciting for me. I don't know. I've been, I've been wanting to go to college, but then when I'm looking back and retrospecting, I can't imagine leaving my home for like years upon end. And I bet like Melissa feels the same way. But yeah. yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know. I feel like everyone else I know is a little less like scared than me. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I feel like everyone else is like really excited and just like full force. We're going to college. But I do have like a lot of fears about, I don't know, going to college. And I guess like it'll become our new normal, if that makes sense, pretty soon. Like, in a few months, that will just be what's normal for us. But I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to think, like, how many changes we're going to go through these next few months. I'm also just, like, a super nostalgic person. So when I'm driving around my my neighborhood, I, like, look at the places that I used to go to. And I'm already like, wow, I'm leaving this place in a few months. This is so weird. Like, the Asian lady bird. Like, that scene where she's, like, driving around, like, looking around, like, oh, my home, my mother, like, oh. <laughs> your main character in film <laughs> same with you Melissa I'm sure you can like experience the same feelings yeah I'm sure that this is like common with a lot of Asian American girls but I almost feel like I should have relaxed more and did like more fun things throughout high school because I don't know like obviously I really care about my academics and like um just like my extracurriculars and stuff like that and I feel like I should have taken more time for like myself and spending more time with my friends instead of like I don't know being so focused on like everything else um because we're never gonna have those opportunities again (laughs) we're not gonna be a child anymore we're gonna be an adult and going to college so I kind of just wish I like I don't know took more time to like myself and to spend with my friends throughout high school 
I wish I knew that too, because I think junior year, junior going into senior year, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to let go senior year. Besides like applying to college, like I'm actually going to have fun. Everything's going to be great, like celebration and then COVID happened and then whoosh. And I realized like, maybe I should have actually done some more fun things like what Melissa said, instead of cramming on a Friday night, studying for a test that's on Monday or something. But Lena, what did you want to say? Oh, I was literally just going to ask you, like, uh, Jen, what your perspective was on, like, what you, like, kind of think about going into college. And I guess it's for Nana and Melissa both. Um, or sorry, not Nana, for Jen and Melissa both. I mean, Nana, you can totally contribute, but I'm sure. I, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but um, I mean, I guess, like, what do you guys, because you mentioned you guys are, like, afraid of, like, going into college. What do you look forward to, though, like, the most? Because I feel like that's something that is hard to focus on sometimes in between the pressures of like college prep and just applying and like not knowing what's going to happen basically. Cause it's a scary ass time. Like it's scary. So what do you look forward to the most? Um, I look forward to meeting new people. I think because COVID really took a shift on me in terms of friendships and everything because I wasn't able to see them. I wasn't able to do this. And as a result, we drifted apart, which is none of our faults of course it's just COVID and the reality of it all like we had to be isolated and we're keeping safe as we should but <laughs> hence the uh, people in my neighborhood <laughs> never mind <laughs> that's besides the point but I'm just excited to meet new people I'm excited for a new change of scenery depending on where I go which I don't really know yet but I have like locations in which I can go to and I'm just excited for yeah just like a new environment and I'm also excited for the food low-key like I don't know I want I'm going to like I'm going to places where it's like heavily endorsed on food so I'm excited <laughs> um yeah I'm also very excited for just new beginnings and kind of like I don't know it's just fun to imagine like if no one knew who I was like what how would I build my identity if that makes sense not that I'm gonna go to college and become a whole ass new person but like it is interesting to think like what things do I want to like change I guess um but not in a bad way just in like a like a fun way I don't know <laughs> um and I guess like with what Jen was saying about like friendships and things, what's actually really crazy is that me and my two closest friends are probably going to end up around the same area. So I'm like kind of interested to see how that will go. Um, so I feel like it's kind of like new beginnings, but also like not letting go of like old like friendships and things like that either for me. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see the, I guess like the dynamic between like, um, staying true to my roots I don't know that's so like corny but but also um exploring new things and like Jen said also the food I also um based college stuff also a little bit off food I would look up like where is there the best foods in colleges priorities right you have to you obviously had to choose colleges based off food like like come on um but yeah, okay, Nana, you are literally in Singapore right now. What is, okay, I need to know, like, what is going on? Because yeah. I know that Je when Jen was talking about, like, friendships, you were like, oh my gosh, me. So I want to know, like, how are you, like, maintaining your friendships, like, oh, in a whole last other country? Like, please, I need to know. Yeah, no, okay, first off, like, I just want to talk about what Melissa said. Like, she started off the whole 
conversation about how you look back and retrospect on your years and you know wish oh I wish I'd been more like committed to my friendships or maybe like for other people it's I wish I'd been more committed to academics I don't know about you guys but for me there's always been this like internal like teeter-tottering like seesaw on me that's like okay for this moment in time I'm gonna like focus my life completely like to academics because like you know the Asian kid in me need to do my parents proud you know just like all the Asian like stereotypes like as you could say like all the pressure is just embedded in me at full force I'm like okay I'm gonna appeal to that side of me and that like really took over during COVID because I can't really focus my time on social interactions because like that's just not you know at my disposal right now so might as well go all in with you know school and then of course there's the burnout so it's like okay I'm just gonna relax go on with my friends and that like also burns out because like social interaction is exhausting especially when you're just like on a screen just like you know staring because like I don't know about you guys but like FaceTime got rude for me after COVID started. Like, I just, I can't do it anymore. It's just, but in terms of being in Singapore, like what, 6,000 miles away from most of the people I know, it's just like FOMO, you know? Cause like, especially since this happens to be around the time where my school might be opening up. So it's just a bit of like bittersweetness, but like, I wouldn't say I'm like that regretful. Cause like coming here is definitely like Tommy, but like, you know, just connected back to being Asian. Like coming to Singapore was almost like, I feel like the hardest for honestly was like the internalized Asian hate in me because it's like, oh, I don't want to come come back to Los Angeles, you know, the epitome of like white girls, right? Like literally the hub of like, if I say an LA girl, you're going to think, oh, tall, um, blonde hair reaching down to like the length of her back, you know, or like blue eyes, right? So going to Singapore, it was like, oh, suddenly when I come back, I'm going to be this fob and this foreign being, right? Like too close to Asian roots. So like a lot of the struggle was like, going there the sort of having this like internal battle it's like okay when I come back like maybe I'm not gonna be as one as much so irrational so untrue and like I've had friends that are like sticking by me you know the ones that matter the most like completely irrational on my part but overall I think it was just like a lot of FOMO and like just learning to adapt like especially with like time difference that was hard for like you know finding time to like even uh, talk to my friends but it's honestly been okay because either way like I'm talking more online with my friends so like it's nothing really different from how it was before. Um, I think what you said about like internalized Asian hate is so like real, like specifically for like Asians themselves. Like for me, I don't know, this is probably gonna be a whole nother topic, but um, I think it's interesting because I do want to get your guys' perspectives on this. But um, so since I live in a very racially homogenous town, basically um, just a very white town (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. um, For like, I saw a TikTok and it was like, for the first um, 10 years of my life, I wanted to be white. And that's like, so, so true. I don't know if any of y'all have felt like that. But there's just a form of like internalized Asian hate that I feel like a lot of even women of color in general have this, because they're taught by society that they are not like the beauty standard or like not wanted. So I've totally dealt with that. So I feel you on that, Nina, like, I totally get what you mean. Um, But yeah, I don't know if y'all have personal experiences with that. Okay, wait, Alina. That reminds me, I also live in a very racially homogenous <laughs> town. Um, I just recently found out it's 4% Asian. So that makes a lot of sense why there's only like four Asians in my grade. Um, anyways, I, I was not surprised to say the least. But um, I think that's why I'm like excited for college almost too, is like being exposed to diversity and being exposed to like different people with different perspectives from like globally different backgrounds um I don't know so I feel like yeah I feel like being in a very like homogenous community has kind of taken its toll on me 
um, just in terms of like, obviously like facing discrimination and racism within uh, like throughout school. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of excited for like new beginnings in college, just to see what it's like to be in a diverse <laughs> location, but yeah. Yeah, like going back on like what Melissa talked about, I think very similar to me. I mean, like I, I'm i in a like racially homogenous town, but yet again, I do have like some Asian friends. Like it isn't anything, but at the same time, like I do want to explore and leave. And I think we talked about like Alina and I had an episode with um, Afshan talking from like Lives for Living, talking about how she went to McGill in like Canada as a university. And she talked about how she had so many people of like her color and stuff. And I thought that was so empowering because it's not a myth. It actually empowers you to feel better when you do get out of your space and you go into a new environment and you meet people that are like the same ethnicity as you. It's just so empowering to see. So that's like, like going off to like what Melissa said, like, I'm so excited for going to college just for that reason. And even like, I got accepted, for example, like to U of I, and it's more like, um, there's a lot more of the Asian population there. So it's so exciting. Like I'm in group chats that I've always wanted, like in high school. And it's so fun to like meet other Asians that are like in my area and understand the same struggles of like living in Illinois. And it's really fun to see. And as for personal experiences, um, I think like even just growing up in the town is already like you walk down the street, you're like the only Asian there. You go into restaurants, you're like the only Asian. Um, like one time I like I went into church and we're like the only Asian family there. It's literally really awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not like all like even just like living here is already just a struggle in itself. So but like what you talked about the group chats and everything that made me like feel more hopeful for college because like whenever I hear about it it's just always oh the stress like you know senior year is just gonna be a slump and like junior and all that so like it's really nice hearing like the diversity hopes like hopes of diversity that you and Melissa both have so yeah hopefully it works out for you guys and for us too um Alina <laughs> um yeah no Nana we're, we're gonna pray together we're gonna get into college where it's diverse we're gonna so, uh, okay, wait, Jen, what you were talking about, about being like, even when you walk down the road, just being like the only Asian person reminded me of, so I took the SAT on Saturday and I took it in Sun Valley, Idaho, which is like two hours from where I live. Um, but when I walked into the SAT building, I was the only person of color there, like literally genuinely the only person of color. I was sitting, taking the SAT and there was like 15 people there in the same room, right? Taking it. And it, it just hit me while I was about to start my reading passages and it just hit me like, I probably shouldn't be thinking about this during the SAT, but it just hit me that I was literally the only person of color in the room. And it made me think like, what is like the, like a white person's perspective on like a situation like this? Like, what do they think? Cause they're, if I was, if I didn't show up that day, it would only just be white people in the room. Like, what are their thoughts about that? Because like when I'm in just a room full of brown people, like it's just such a completely different like feeling, if that makes sense. So it's interesting to see like how white people are just so used to being the majority. Like they genuinely don't, they only, and then they genuinely just become uncomfortable when they're in a room full of like um, minority people and the minority people are like the majority in the room, if that makes sense. So I don't know, that just like shit like that bothers me. Like, cause then it just, that's tied into like so much more stuff. Like 
economic inequality of how people of color just aren't able to afford like taking the SAT or afford like college prep and like a whole nother rant. But um, I don't know, like, yeah, but I hope when I get into college that I will not be the only brown person in the room because that is not a fun experience. <laughs> okay, wait, Alina, I completely relate to that experience because I took the ACT um, and I had to drive out like two hours to like hillbilly town, Ohio, because <laughs> there's no other locations available. And it was like so jarring. I swear I was like the only person of color, like in that whole school taking the test. Like I, there was just nobody. <laughs> and like, I have, um, I have obviously like platinum hair as an Asian, which is really weird. And like people were just staring at me and shit. And I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm being hate crimes. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was definitely a jarring experience. I feel like, like, like you were saying how like, I guess with white people, like they just don't understand how that affects like our everyday life. Like it's just, it takes such a toll to like, I don't know you feel it like it's not like you don't notice that you notice that you're the only like person of color and like you feel really uncomfortable about that especially I know like many of us probably had experiences like with discrimination while we were growing up um and it's just like being in the minority feels so uncomfortable like it, it really is um so I think like what I was saying before that's also why like I can't wait to feel like a part of like the majority or even not like the majority but like have other people I can relate to and that we can talk about our experiences with together with um so yeah yeah no this is such a just I'm just gonna say the most redundant cliche overused like obvious statement ever but like sometimes I would just literally sit down and be like okay imagine actually being a white person walking into the world like seeing like everyone like that you look like right and then going to movies and like seeing people that look like you and then like going on social media and like seeing those like celebrities, like, you know, I don't know, Margot Robbie, or, like, you know, Sasha Ronan and having them be like ranked, like, you know, top 10, like on our favorite celebrities. And like then be like one person of color and just like imagine like being so surrounded by like all those messages telling you, you are the standard, you are what we want to be. You were like the model, like it's the most redundant thing ever, but like, I still can't get past that. But just like a question for, um, Alina and Melissa because like that's so scary I don't think I really experienced that I'm lucky enough not to have experienced that at least in like a memory that wasn't as like you know memorable as that but like um Alina was sort of like alluding to how like you know the disparities for you know rooted in like systemic racism and like how that can really affect like um what's it called POC and like their ability or like their access to, to college or education in general like were you guys sort of feeling like the brunt of that in a way like you know oh like Cause like what I can like imagine in my field is like one, like, oh, I'm the only person like that I can like represent like my like group in a way. It's like pressure to like sort of perform in a sense. Um, yeah, no, that's a great question. I think for me, I'm really fortunate that I come from a uh, stable economic background for my family. Like I'm able to be financially secure. So I don't have the limitations of like taking the SAT, going to a tough school, like college counselors, things like that. So I'm definitely fortunate on that end. And that has given me a lot of privilege in regards to that. Um, but just the race factor as a whole, um, it like it's uncomfortable. Like I, all my life, I've lived in a white majority town. I've grown up with only white friends. And the only time where I was able to find my own community was through things like Dear Asian Girl, Dear Asian Youth, like starting other organizations um, and just contacting other minority people of color. Um, but when I was in that room, like 
what you mentioned, Nina, like I totally feel that way of having to be a certain way or be like extra amazing at something because I'm representative in white people's eyes. I'm representative of like South Asian community as a whole or people of color as a community like whole, if that makes sense. So that is definitely an issue. And I think to a certain extent, I've also become so like normalized to it, like just being surrounded by white people only since I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, Idaho. So like to a certain extent, it's become like normal for me where I just have to like, it's become like subconscious, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, I don't know, Melissa, like what are your thoughts on that? Like I'd love to hear. Yeah, so I think as an East Asian, I do have like privilege in that sense where, I mean, my family cares a lot about academics and like um, Alina said, like my family is financially stable. So um, I feel like, I feel like it is important to acknowledge that, like, um, although it does affect Asian Americans, it um, also affects, like, Black Americans and Hispanic Americans um, with how standardized tests um, and things of that sort kind of create inequalities in education and in just, like, getting into college, even. Um, So that's why I think it's really interesting this year to see colleges not have um, standardized tests. And a lot of colleges moving forward have said like, we're gonna continue making standardized tests optional. And I honestly think that that's a really good um, step in the right direction because I think that um, there's a lot of factors that goes into like taking a standardized test, the money, transportation, the like resources to study because a rich ass person could literally just hire a tutor and um, be able to get a like super high score on the SAT or ACT. Um, Even if maybe if like another person, um, like a person of color had the same resources, they would get the exact same score, but they just do not have the resources to do so. So I think that, um, getting rid of standardized tests does alleviate the disparities in education a little bit. Um, So yeah, sorry, that was a really long-winded answer, but I think it is a step towards the right direction. I don't know if you guys ever get this feeling, but like, for example, if you're the only like minority in like, like surrounded by like Caucasian, do you ever like get like a gut feeling? Like, do you actually feel like physical symptoms? Cause I do sometimes when like, I see like a bunch of like white people like in a room and it's just me and I walk into the building. I seriously, like my stomach drops, like my, like I get like my throat clenches. Like I don't feel, I don't feel safe at all. But then when I go to like an all Asian friend group, like for example, like I had an Asian friend group, like going into high school, Like, I felt loved, I felt supported, like, I didn't feel any, like, physical symptoms or anything. I don't know if you guys have felt that, but I definitely did. And that's what I thought of when you guys were, like, walking into the SAT building. Like, that's the same feeling that I got, like, going into even, like, a classroom, for example. It's just, like, this immediate, like, reaction, like, okay, I see my people, okay, like, I gotta, like, pull myself differently now. It's sort of, like, this, like, slap in the face in a way where it's, like, okay, I gotta, like, like if I'm like you know in a hoodie or something, I'm just like slouching, and like walking around doing my own thing. I'll be like, oh, white people gotta be on guard. I'm like, like it's, it's so funny, but like I'll just instinctively like put my shoulders back a bit, like sort of you know fix my posture, then like you know raise my eyebrows a bit. Like I do that so much, you know, just so I'm not having this like resting bitch face, right? And it hurts. Like that's me on Zoom day in day out. Like it hurts, but a whole tangent. Um, I'll like raise my eyebrows, like, you know, adjust myself like accordingly, just to like 
I can compensate for my failure being a minority. That was my mentality for like my life for so often. Like Alina, I'm like laughing with you, but like that's so depressing to say. Like no, oh, you do relate. You do I, relate. You relate though. We really you do. do. <laughs> um, because I actually have like, especially when I was younger, I struggled with social anxiety for that very reason. For that very reason, because I used to get bullied for being Asian. So every single time I like, even now when I walk just like in my school, which is just white people pretty much, um, I feel like I get those like symptoms of like having a dry throat, like walking like with caution. I don't know. And it's not like I'm, it's not like I, I don't feel like I'm going to like face discrimination anymore on a regular basis or anything, but it's like the, I guess like the trauma almost of like facing that as a child still like exists within me. And I still have like those fears of like being singled out. Um, so I completely relate to that. And I think it's really sad how like all of us feel the same way. Um, yeah, no, since everyone's sharing their symptoms, I start sweating like a lot. I know that's disgusting, but I start sweating like a bitch. Like I'm not even joking. Like, um, I start sweating a lot and then my jaw like clenches. I literally have such a bad jaw problem. So that's probably adding on to it. So white people, you're breaking my jaw basically. Um, but yeah, so I, I basically medical bills pay for my medical bills. My jaw is fucked up now. Um, anyways. Yeah. So I completely agree. Melissa. like I, since I live in Idaho, like obviously I'm used to being surrounded by white people, but it's not like, and what you mentioned, it's not that I'm like worried I'm going to be like discriminated against because I mean, that happens like every day. So it's fine. Well, it's not fine, but it's like, I'm used to it. So it's fine in that sense. But also just the idea of having like so many pressures being like the only person of color in the room. Like I have to act a certain way. I have to go against my stereotype of being like an Asian woman or whatever, or I have to, or I have to, or sometimes you can even like um, fit into your stereotype in order to like per- per- be like perceived a certain way from white people. And like, seriously, like it, even the other day I was like at lunch with my mom in like a very, um, and Idaho obviously has indoor dining. So we were inside, and, but we were mar- wearing masks y'all. It's okay. Um, and there was this old white couple sitting next to us and he like was like making some comment, like it was just like banter or whatever. Like he was just talking to us, but I felt like so gross. Cause I literally just came out of the SAT. My hair was disgusting. I was like in sweatpants. It was a mess. So I felt like they need to like fix my hair or like look presentable because there were just white people around me. Like how fucked up is that? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like I should, I shouldn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? So I completely agree. Nana. Like I would fix my hair, fix my posture so I could like be perceived as like acceptable and so there's just, it just like our examples and just like us relating to each other on this topic just shows how much like internalized like trauma we sort of have, even if we haven't explicitly experienced any like hate crimes or um, racial discrimination to a certain extent, like we still have to deal with these sort of like smaller microaggressions. Um, but yeah, so completely agree with y'all on that one. Yeah, no, two things that I like noticed from what you guys said, like, Melissa, the way you talked about how, like, you don't really, like, walk around expecting to be, like, full-on, I guess you could say, in quotes, discriminated against, but, like, you still have, like, that gut reaction, like, you know, instinctively. I, my friend was, like, telling me about that, like, basically, it's so horrible what happened to her. She, her, so she lives in a community, right, a gated community, and her mom was walking out, doing her own business, right, like, not paying, like, not, you know, mind, she was just minding her own business, right, and this white woman from across the, like, sidewalk she just starts screaming her go back to your country curry-faced woman and everything it was like 
five minutes of that, right? Like the typical, you know, what you can imagine. Like it was like the worst verbal things you can imagine. And then her dad comes out and she's like, oh, now like the shit face guys come out with her. And it was just getting progressively worse. And then she comes out, my friend who is literally, she's 15, she's a child. What? And then the thing she says, the thing she says next, it's so despicable. She goes, okay, now we have a terrorist here. I'm sorry, I, I have to laugh because like, she's a child. She's a child and she's shorter than me. What? I'm like 5'3". Not that short, I guess, but like she's like, what, 5 or like 4'11"? She's short. Like, what? She's not going to hurt you. There's no intent. Like, who Who do you think is the one hurting here? Anyways, I'm not going to go yeah, into the of it. I've been called a terrorist before, too. Oh, girly? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been called a terrorist before. Well, not like explicitly. Well, I'm not even going to get into it. But I, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. I'm and not getting into it. Me, yeah, no, she's telling me about how like every week after that like whenever she would walk around her own gated community that she has lived in like what since like birth right she just suddenly felt the need to like like be so like like shun herself you know like she doesn't walk like you know freely on the sidewalk she'll like you know go into the corner like you know try not to be seen and like whenever you can sort of like walk behind cars she'll definitely like avoid the house anymore she just doesn't feel like safe to even like stand in her garden anymore like you know sit in her backyard because like she doesn't want some neighbors to scream at her and it was just heartbreaking to hear and that was a way more serious story but like it's crazy and then um alina you also mentioned how like uh you can either choose to like fit into the stereotype because like that's what will make people more comfortable or like you know because that's what they're expecting of you because you know stereotypes of asians are really like one dimensional or like you know closed off not closed off like one dimensional or you could like you know try to like fit outside of the box so you're not like you know caught inside of it like you know step within those walls for me it's always been like a teeter-totter like sort of like how i was talking about like my experience like um during corona like you know being social like being academic and that's sort of like aligns with me choosing to either fit in the stereotype or not because like with being social like, you know the stereotypes in the movies we see are like you know oh shy girl doesn't have a social life right it's like okay let me just fit into that stereotype for a while because like I can't even interact with my friends so much so I'm going to be all academics you know focus on like you know getting the best future because like nothing will really matter after high school right because like high school won't matter in a few years but then you start to like feel sort of like what um Melissa general feeling like that nostalgia so it's like okay now because like I've been told that like being social is more of like a white person thing like you know it's always the white girls that are the most social that you see like you know having the most fun and social gatherings or whatever I'm gonna like play to like that part and gonna try to like code switch as like white as it could be and therefore like as social as I can be and it was always just me going like back and forth and looking at who I want to like sort of play to and in the end it was always like for the comfort of white people and never for like the Indian part of me which is like you know the whole part of me like I'm even saying like you know I'm acting like there's even like a white part inside me that I'm like trying to like internalize but no like it was always just for like white people's comfort like I just definitely related to what you said yeah I think no I was just gonna say because I think growing up I was I love movies I love watching movies I love chick flicks I love like the westernized like pop culture so as a result like going into high school and like realizing that like oh it's not high school musical like I won't have my Troy I won't have anything like that I won't have my white man I won't have my white man um I I think (laughs) I don't have my colonizer um I sort of had like an internal battle like very similar to Nana in which like I would go to like certain like gatherings or parties with but I would never fit in entirely because their culture is so different from the way I 
I like was born and raised. Like if you, I don't know if any Asian girl can relate to this or listening, but if you even talk to like a white girl, you can see the clash of cultures and like the way they grew up. Like for me, like my family is very matriarchal. Like we all look up to my mom. We're very like, like family based and not a lot of I guess like the white people in my area, especially the white girls, like would not relate to me because for example, like they had divorced parents or for example, like their family upbringing wasn't as great as mine. So there was always been a clash as a result of that. So then like going into this ga- to these gatherings, I would always have like a curfew, for example, I'd always have to come home later and I have stricter parents, but that's because of my upbringing. And I used to hate that. I used to be like, no, like, why can't I be like every other girl? And like, why can't I like, go past my curfew why can I do this why can I do that so then but then I realized like my senior year and I think COVID in 2020 definitely helped with this it's like embracing that and being okay that like you're not like the majority and like finding like a comfort in it because even now like when things are starting to open up and be more free again we're able to see people because of the vaccines and stuff I realized like I don't really want to be involved with those people anymore. Like I want to be involved with myself and like who I am. And I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but I don't know. I'm retrospecting maybe because it's my senior year and I'm like, I'm almost done, but yeah. No, it's really that one lyric from a Mitsuki song, which don't mind my Mitsuki obsession showing, but like she's, can I, I, like, I just, I'm obsessed with her so much. Like she's making me watch, you know, Miyazaki movies because she likes them grow up with them. So like, I'm going to the whole obsession right now. But in her one song called Your Best American Girl, which is like, you know, what the title would suggest, like, you know, just all these pressures, you know, trying to be the American girl, like fit into that mold so you can, you know, benefit from that, you know, code switching. She has this one lyric that um, is, your mother wouldn't approve of how my mother raised me. And like that, when I first heard that, I was like, yes, that is like literally me, almost like shed a tear to that. Cause like, it's really true. Like I will talk to like my white friend, like, you know, she'll say like so many things and like my mom would like raise her eyebrows out so aggressively and just, yeah, I totally felt you on that, Jen. Yeah, Jen. Um, I've heard white girls in my that I know call their mom a bitch in front of their friends, and I'll be like, "Holy, <laughs> I would be dead in that split second. My brains would be spilling out all over the floor. <laughs> like it's such a culture shock. I'm like, that would never happen in my household. Um, and that's what I think is interesting." um I forget oh Jen you were the one who said like you kind of grew up you kind of had like an Asian friend group um I do find that like although there's only like four Asians in my grade so I would not say I have an Asian friend group but um I do like tend to be friends with people who are like people of color and that's where I feel most comfortable like even if they aren't um Asian most of my friends are either Hispanic or half Hispanic or um something of that sort just because I feel like I don't know being with other people of color who can relate to your experiences somehow is so validating and like you you don't have to prove anything to other people of color and you don't have to like like you guys are all saying earlier like having symptoms of like kind of like I guess like anxiety around like conforming to white people in general um and something else is like I think with about like 
having trauma from your youth and kind of how that carries along with you. I used to be super embarrassed of my parents. I don't know if you guys, like, obviously I was Asian. People knew I was Asian, but like, I don't know why having my parents there just like made it more Asian. And like, they always spoke Mandarin to me in public. And I would be literally so embarrassed, like almost in tears, just like going to like school conferences. I would be like, please leave. I would literally try not to tell them about like school conferences and stuff because I just did not want them to like come with me um and I think like that's something that I obviously am like proud of my heritage now and like proud of my parents and their like struggle and like the sacrifices they've made but I still feel that sometimes like I'm like oh I don't want my parents to come because like they'll speak Mandarin to me and then people will look at me and then it'll just be like such a big situation so I don't know yeah that just reminded me of like how trauma kind of just like carries along with you even as you grow and even as you realize that things that like you were scared of were like silly or stupid um they just stick with you and that's like the sad part about like being a person of color in America um yeah completely agree with you on that Melissa I totally get what you're saying um and in terms of like the friend group thing Like, obviously, the only other brown people in my town are related to me. So I don't have any, like, people, like, my people of color friend groups isn't from, like, where I live, really. Um, It's more of, like, because I live part-time in Salt Lake now. And so that's where there's, like, a lot more diversity here than uh, where I live in Idaho. And my best friend is East Asian. And I remember it was, like, the third time we were hanging out or something. And we were just sharing music. Like, I was sharing, like, Bollywood music. And, like, she was sharing, like, um uh like she was sharing like Chinese rap and that was like the most beautiful experience of my life because we weren't judging each other ever like afterwards I literally wanted to cry in the car on the way home because I was just so touched that there was a person who was like interested in my culture and wasn't like turned off by it um and so totally agree with that like just being surrounded by like minorities like people of color it's just so reassuring because you don't need to like hide who you genuinely are Um, And so another thing that I wanted to mention was, um, and this was related to like how, what Jen was talking about, like cultural clash. So there's like this sort of like stereotype in media that I've realized um, that when people write movies about like people of color, they try to show that the people of color's like community is oppressive and that's why they want to break free from it, if that makes sense. And so I'm writing a screenplay right now. So it's basically about like how, people tend to like I'm going to speak from a South Asian experience because that's what I know best obviously um how in the South Asian community whenever there's a film about a South Asian person it's like a hijabi who wants like take off her hijab because she's like oppressed or something but in the screenplay that I'm writing I analyzed films like this and my essential goal in this like film is to show that people of color like South Asians only steer away from their culture because of because they feel like an outcast and that's coming from like the white people that are making them feel like an outcast, not their own culture. And I feel like that's something that what Jen was talking about is so like, that's like relative to this because it's like a cultural clash and you're pushed away from your own culture because of how white people make you feel, not because of your own culture, if that makes sense. So I'm like totally like not explaining this properly, but I think that's like worth like mentioning because people think like, and that's like where these stereotypes of like, Asian households being oppressive comes from is through the media that's portraying these things because from my personal experience the only time I ever like in air quotes hated my culture 
happened when white people made me hate my culture. It never came from my family or my actual culture. So I think that's important to recognize as well because like the cultural clash thing is completely real. Like I've, I've totally felt that. So um, thought I would mention that because I feel like white people don't realize that. <laughs> I completely get with what you're saying about like the oppressive household, like generic stereotype. And like, I always confuse myself between myself like, oh, I don't hate my culture because white people are making me like hate it. Like, cause then that makes me feel like, oh, like I'm that meek, like easily affected, you know, Indian girl, which like I didn't want to be. So it's like, oh, it's my parents. Like, I just don't like their values in life. Like, no, I didn't grow up for the first like 10 years of my life where like, I guess I could say I wasn't like as affected by other people's opinions. Those 10 years weren't spent like, you know, in hate or like self-doubt or like, you know, uncomfortable energy. It was only afterwards where that like, you know, came into my life. Like I wasn't born in like into the world and being like, oh, hey, my family, hey, my culture. Like, no, it was only like after you've experienced like people and like their reactions, to, like the way they interact with you. Oh, we've all like, you can kind of see like if anyone's listening to this, like we have such like internalized trauma from the culture class and everything that we've established. And I think it's also beautiful that we're talking about it right now because even I forgot certain things that like were brought up and now it made me like, oh my gosh, like this is like horrible and I can't believe this happened to us. So we've talked a lot about like our childhood experiences and like our past traumas and everything that we established. But we also talked about like what 2021 means to us. But if we're going more into the future, I just wanted to kind of ask like, what are your guys' future plans and what do you hope to see for these upcoming years and just to end on sort of like a good positive note um girl if only I knew myself um (laughs) honestly um for me as I mentioned I'm a junior right now so um I'm hoping to kind of get through the college app process without wanting to cry every day which I know is like a real big goal very not possible but I'll try um and then I have some projects that I'm doing so uh, wrap up my film like I'm really excited for that um, that's been like a passion project of mine and I've like learned a lot about like myself and oh my god that's so cliche I've learned a lot about myself like whatever girl um, through, through that process and I think just continuing to like learn to be like flexible as I mentioned earlier and also just prioritizing myself because like what Jen and Melissa were, ta- were talking about earlier is when you look back on like your experiences as a senior, you wish that you kind of just enjoyed life more. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna try applying that more often because we get so caught up in like the day-to-day like things that stress us out. So might as well just enjoy like the day-to-day things that don't stress us out. So um, yeah, so getting through junior year, college app process, finishing some projects and long-term goals, I don't know. Well, I know, but I don't know if it'll happen. <laughs> but yeah, Melissa. Um, yeah, I also am not really sure, but I guess um, I'm, like, starting to hear back from colleges and stuff, which is, like, exciting to kind of see where I'll end up. I don't know, but, so I'm not really sure where I'm, like, going or anything yet, um, but I'm excited to go to college, obviously, um, and for, in terms of, like, future, future plans, I literally have no idea. Like, I think I'm one of those people where, I don't know, like, my parents grew up with me pressuring me to go into like medicine or like STEM fields but then I'm like no I like learning about politics and stuff and they're like fuck you no just kidding that's not what they're like (laughs) um 
<laughs> but yeah, so now I'm at this like weird cross section where like I am interested in like a lot of different fields. So I'm like, I this could go really anyway. Like I could just end up in business. I don't even know right now. Um, so I think like I'm excited to kind of explore that in college um, and just like find more of myself in college and make up for lost time for all the shit I didn't try in high school because I was like studying for tests or whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my plans for the future i cackled when he said fuck you that's so funny <laughs> but um i think for me i guess the main thing i thought of was like um tying up loose ends i guess you could say in terms of like where i'm even gonna like live for the next three years which could be singapore it could be los angeles if the world decides to throw me a curveball maybe i don't know we don't know but i think figuring that out and like if i do happen to move here is scary but i don't know interesting um obviously like applying to schools would be like a part of my life and like you know figuring out what my future and education would look like and how that would be altered because of this drastic change and I think just like sort of when we like we were saying in the earlier part of this or like the beginning of this episode like just my goal in terms of like my mentality throughout all this is just like be open to change be like open to the fact that shit is gonna change you know and just like yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to be, like, an open person, like, you know, let things come to me and, like, you know, make the most out of it. Hopefully that's, like, a skill that I can be better at, but that's, like, a very, like, loose description of my goals. Yeah, I think very similar to Melissa, like, I, I it's so unexpected and I don't really know what's going to happen considering, like, this is a whole brand new future for me and it's so, like, I can't even see past, like, the next week what I'm going to be doing. How am I supposed to know, like, what I'm going to be doing like in September or October and who I'm going to be with and like where I'm going to be at. Like, I don't even know what dorm I'm going to be in. I don't know. But I think if anything, like, I just know, like, it's going to be positive growth. I think Um, there's going to be a lot of trials and like tribulations and like, I'm ready for it. Cause I love, I don't know. I'm, I'm a type of person that like loves growth and I love like making mistakes because it helps me realize like who I am. So, like, I'm just more excited than anything and sad to leave everything behind. But, you know, as we mentioned before, like, we're here for new beginnings. And that's what, like, this episode's all about. Talking about our past, erasing that, and embracing the future. So, I'm very happy that you guys, like, talked to me and talked to, like, like had this whole conversation. Because, honestly, like, it felt, it was, like, therapy. Literally, it was super therapy. I was say, like, in my head, I was like, this is therapeutic. And, like, that's what we should honestly name the episode. Just therapy. I need, like, a monthly dose of that at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Your guys' advice is going to live in my head rent-free when I go into college. Like, it's just going to be so nice to, like, hear this back and realize, like, oh, my gosh, like. I'm doing okay. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And this is a like the last episode of season three. So thank you guys. And we hope to hear from you guys soon. Want more of To Your Asian Girl? You can find us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We're on everything. Can't get enough? Subscribe, follow, rate, review to get all the updates on the latest at DAG. Let us know your feedback and what we can do to improve. We also can be found on Instagram. Follow us at Dear Asian Girl to receive updates about our latest episodes and fun facts about the host. We'd love for you to reach out. D-A-G, Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to share the stories of Asian girls everywhere. For the Asian Girl, by the Asian Girl.